Good day from Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas Sports Talk. I'm your host, the Orleans Mark, joining you from the Mariah Sportsbook. On today's show, we will touch on week four in the NFL and in college, and then we'll get to week five. You can follow me on Twitter at the Orleans Cajun, T-H-E-N-A-W-L-I-N-S-C-A-J-U-N. You can also listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. And you can also listen to me on the Inside New Orleans radio show hosted by Eric Asher on 106.1 FM WRKN New Orleans and also on iHeartRadio every Friday at 6.15 Central. And also you can catch us on ericasher.com. Joining me today is my sidekick, Steve the Shrimp Man. Steve, what's going on? Hey, Mark, how's it going? Ah, hanging in there, hanging in there. So let's get right to it. Let's get to week five. Uh, we have a Thursday night game with a little bit of a home interest to us. Uh, Tulane Green Wave is at the Houston Cougars. Houston is a, is minus six and a half right now, six and a half point favorite for you guys out there. There are a couple of sevens out there. So, Steve, let's you know, break down this game for me. What do you think? Uh, you know, I think Houston's without a doubt the play here. I mean, I like them pretty good in this spot. Uh, you know, I was at the game last year at Yulman Stadium when. Houston came in, they, they were up like 21 at halftime, and they went to sleep in the second half, and Tulane come roaring back and basically stole a game on a big play late in the fourth quarter and like with less than a minute to go in the game. And I could just see the disgust on Holgerson's face. And that was actually the game when uh, the quarterback, Derek King, decided to sit out the rest of the year, and he eventually transferred to Miami. Now he's lighting it up for the Miami Hurricanes. But – uh you know, Houston had a down year last year. I think they were four and eight. And uh, but the quarterback did get some experience, and he's young, and he's he's playing. He's going to be the quarterback this year. And I just think that you know, you got nineteen starters for that team, and Tulane has twelve. The quarterback for Tulane is on He's graduated, so they you know they have a new Tulane has been pretty good this year. Uh, one thing about Willie, he beat That's a credit to him. He's done a great job turning Tulane around and making him a, you know, a competitive team. But, you know, I think Houston's got way more talent. They got way better recruits. And they paid Dana Hogerson like $4 million, $5 million a year. And I just think that, you know, at home, it's just a way too tough of a task for Tulane. I think – I really think the line should be about 11 in the team. I think it's a little low because we have because uh, three or four of that games got canceled because of COVID. The other teams come up with COVID, and then they came up with it. So, you know, like I said, I I just if you can get a half, I think it's good. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Houston. Also, I just think they have the they're going to have the overall better better talent in the game and. You know, that usually comes to the top. So, yeah, like I said, take Houston. You know, if you're going to take the game, lay the points with Houston. So, we've got some decent matchups this year, this, this week. Um, just to name a couple, we have, you know, Miami's at Clemson. We have Tennessee at Georgia, Oklahoma at Texas, you know, Arkansas at Auburn, Florida at A&M, and Mississippi State and Kentucky. Let's touch on the – Let's touch on the Mississippi State Kentucky game. Uh, give me a breakdown of that game. Well, 
Mississippi State went from hero to zero in two weeks. They went to Baton Rouge and upset LSU as a 17-point dog. And then last week they laid a big egg against Arkansas, I think, as a double-digit favorite. So they ended up losing outright. So, you know, who is Mississippi State is the question we have to ask. But, you know, I know who Kentucky is. Kentucky's a team that's loaded. They got good offensive line, good defensive line. You know, they got a return in the quarterback was a starter two years ago. He was hurt last year. He sat out. He won 10 games two years ago. He's got experience. I mean, Kentucky's a good team. They're 0-2, but, you know, they last week they missed an extra point in overtime, cost them the game, you know, and they, they had to blow a two-touchdown lead, which is, you know, I mean, I think Mark Stoops is a good coach, but, you know, I, I think he gets a little too conservative sometimes, and that came back to bite him last week. You know, he just laid on that two-touchdown lead against a Ole Miss team coached by Lane Kiffin who can – throw the ball and they're going to score points. So you, when you get, when you play in a team like that, you can't, you can't lay down and, and try to run the clock out in the third quarter. You got to keep trying to put points on the board. And that, that came back to biting, man. I think he'll learn a lot from the game. I really do. I think, you know, the team will learn a lot. And I, I think Kentucky's the play. I mean, I wouldn't say it one of my top two picks, but I definitely like Kentucky in this game. Yeah. I was, you know, I've been looking at this game and, and I'm on your side with Kentucky. I, I like they've been competitive. They've shot themselves in the foot. Should have beat Auburn, you know. But I'm, it, it scares me a little bit with Mike Leach with this Mississippi State offense. They only put up 14 against Arkansas. And I think he's probably a little bit upset about that. And I think he's going to come out blazing as far as the passing game. So I think they're going to, you know, like I said, they put up 14 last week. I think they'll be in the 30s this week. You know, the question is, can Kentucky stay with them and can that pass defense handle it? So we'll have to see what happens in that game. Uh, next good matchup, we have Miami at Clemson. Clemson's around minus 14 or 15 right now, 15 and a half. Um, I, we, we, we both talked Sunday night. We both made this line probably. I, I think I made it 10 and a half, 11. You might have made it. A little high that comes out to right now is 15 or 16. You called it a trap. People taking Miami. Let's hear your reasoning behind that. Well, I mean, let's just face it. Miami's done no wrong this year. They've handled the three teams that they, you know, they put in front of them. They destroyed a couple of them. I don't know the exact scores, but I know they've been they've been beating people. They've been beating the dog shit out of people. And uh, you know, I. I think Clemson is 0-3 against the spread this year. So they're 3-0, and but they're 0-3 against the spread. So, you know, something just don't add up with this number because, you know, Miami's ranked number seven now, and Clemson is still ranked number one. But I just didn't think they'd hang a 14 up on this game. I figured it would be around – Said about ten and a half to eleven and a half yeah, is what I said. Yeah, yeah. So and it's four, it's down to fourteen now. So that tells me that they bet in Miami, and I think they're going to keep betting Miami because how can you not take two touchdowns with as good as Miami has looked in these first three games? But there's one thing I see: Miami has four returning starters on defense, and that normally is not a good thing going on a road playing a powerhouse. 
you know, it's just, and I, I know they don't have fans in the stands and, you know, all of that stuff, but I just think that, I think Miami might stick around for a little while in this game, but I think uh, Clemson pulls away and probably wins by maybe three scores, you know. I could see maybe winning by 17 or 21 in this game, 38-17, 38-21, something like that. Yeah. I think uh, I think it'll get – I think Clemson, the cream's going to come to the top in this game. And, and you know, Miami – not saying Miami's a, a fraud, but I don't think they're in Clemson's league yet. We're not going to give them the national championship yet. Yeah, I mean, Miami sort of like surprised me this year. They came out, you know, their first couple of games, and they were actually playing good. The quarterback was playing good. You know, the defense was playing good. It was scoring some points. And Clemson, you know, Clemson, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But they're down. They're down this year compared to probably the last two or three years. But they're still, you know, obviously they're still one of the top elite teams in the country. And, you know, this is this is probably Miami's best chance to show what they can do, you know, in this game. Um, I think it's going to be close to a while. It wouldn't shock me if Miami took the, the outright lead. For a while, I think Clemson will probably come back and win. Uh, to me, this is probably a good sit-and-watch game for me just to see how Miami handles, you know, going into Clemson and playing them and how Clemson handles it. So so we'll see on this one. Um, next one. Here's a, here's a barn burner. We have Oklahoma at Texas. They got Oklahoma as a two-point favorite on a neutral site. Both teams have zero pass defense. Both teams have zero defense. Both teams score about 100 points a game. So, technically, it's a coin toss. The odds makers shaded Oklahoma as a favorite a little bit on this one. Total 72 and a half. All right, let's break this one down, Steve. What do you think? I mean, I I feel the same way. I think it's a coin toss. I think both teams have very much underachieving defenses. Uh, I like both coaches, but... Both coaches think that they can just score 50 a game and they don't have to play defense. Well, we know that don't work because the Dallas Cowboys are not liking trying to do that. I think they won in three. So you got to have defense to win. And neither team does. But I'm going to give you a little insight in this game from what I've seen through the years of gambling and, and sports. When they take a team that's unranked, and make them a favorite over a ranked team, that's pretty telling. And it's usually a trap because average Joe is going to say, well, I got the number 22 ranked team, and I'm getting points from a team that ain't ranked. This this don't look right. I got to take these points. Well, not so fast. When they make a team that's unranked favored over a ranked team, you lay the points. And in this spot, Oklahoma is unranked, and they're a two-point favorite on a neutral site. Later, two points in this spot. And I agree with you. Me, like I said, we, you and I usually play this trend. If all y'all listening out there remember this trend that Steve said, if you have an unranked team ranked over, favored over a ranked team, we want to take the unranked team in the game. So remember that for the future, guys. In this game, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean. I, I would just bet the I'd bet the game going with the trend we just talked about. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you even where to begin trying to handicap this game. I mean, you know, obviously the over is the obvious play. It's seventy-two and a half, and that is a ton of points. Now they, they, they could be it could be thirty, it could be thirty twenty-four at halftime. 
It could be 34-30 at halftime. It could be 10-6 at half. I have no clue. Personally, I don't think the, I don't think the defenses are going to show up. I think they're just going to go. I think both teams are a little bit frustrated with the way they're playing this year. You know, Texas has lost a couple of games. Oklahoma got ups. I don't think I'm upset. They got beat. I think they want to, in you know, national TV, rivalry. I think both teams just want to come out firing. So, you know, over take a shot with the over. I wouldn't go big on it. It's a lot of points, but you know, in some in some college games, you know, you can try to take a shot at these overs at these big with these big numbers. So, let's touch on one more game here, and then we'll get to the NFL. We have Arkansas at Auburn this week. Auburn's open 13 and a half. I think it's 14 now at home against Arkansas. Uh, let's get a breakdown on this one. Well, I bet Auburn last week. That was one of my picks. And, I mean, I was very, very disappointed in that team. I mean, the way they played defense, that defensive line looked like a high school defense. And I, I know they lost all of those NFL uh, all those players they had last year to the NFL draft on a D-line, I think they had four guys get drafted in the first two rounds off that D-line last year. And, boy, was it telling against Georgia. I mean, every time Georgia handed the ball off, it was six, seven yards. I mean, it was it was hard to watch. I mean, I, I knew I was dead early in the first quarter when I saw that. I said, this, this is a total mismatch. And, you know, Arkansas, I, I like what's going on there. They hired a guy, an assistant – from uh, I think Georgia, and he came in there and uh, he went and got the head coach that got fired from Missouri, Barry Odom, the coach's defense, and he went and got uh, Art Browse's son, Kendall Browse, to be his offensive coordinator, and that was two great hires. This guy definitely knows what he's doing, and already he's one of the top recruiters in the country. So Arkansas is a team on the rise. They they will be competitive in the SEC within the next two years. And uh, if they keep these coaches intact. But, uh, you know, I don't know what to think of this game. Arkansas has been covering. They look real good. Auburn looks horrible. The line opened 18. It's down to 14. I never like taking four points the worst of it. I'm just going to sit back and watch this game. I mean, I think Auburn has got to show some improvement from last week. You know, Gus Malzahn's not calling the plays anymore, which – I don't like that, and I probably won't bet Auburn again because of that because this guy, Chad Morris, he was actually at Arkansas last year and got fired as the head coach, and now he's the offensive coordinator for Auburn. And I don't know. He's not on the same page with this uh, Bo Nix, and I, I don't know. I didn't like what I saw from Auburn at all. But like I said, you know, them numbers are there for a reason, and I wouldn't bet Arkansas taking four points the worst of it. I mean, if you could still get 17, 18, I'd say, yeah, it's worth a shot. But I'm not taking 14. I'm just going to pass on the game. Yeah, I think. Well, my analogy of the game is this. You know, Auburn has always been, you know, a, a powerhouse in sorts year after year after year. But they're nowhere close to that. They're, to me, they're average team at best. They are down. Uh, you know, Bo Nix is not playing good, probably because he may, he might not have a lot of talent around him. They're just to me overall as a team, they're a bad, they're average at best. I think Arkansas. I mean, we didn't know what to think about Arkansas. It was so bad the last two or three years, and his coaches got him playing good. They um they shut down a high octane powered passing game in Mississippi State last week. Held them to 14 points. To me, that's a confidence builder. 
that's something to build off of for them going into Auburn. And it tells me right there they want to look ahead to Auburn. So they're taking a game at a time. I think they're going in and give Auburn fits. It wouldn't shock me if they win this game, but I definitely like the points in this one. So my, I would definitely like Arkansas in this game plus the points. So let's get to um, let's get to the NFL here. We have a little bit of a mess this week with the NFL. We have one, two, three games that are off the board now due to this virus, and a couple of them are decent matchups. Let's touch on the we're going to go to, let's touch on the Thursday night game here. We got Tampa Bay is at Chicago. That game opened oh six six and a half down to three and a half. They're all over the Bears right now. Um, whether that's sharp or public money, we don't know. Um, haven't heard anything on it. Uh, break down this game. Well, you know, Tampa's been doing good. They were, uh, they got down early against the Chargers last week. They were down 14 nothing, and Brady brought them back. You know, they, they ended up winning the game pretty easy. Uh, you know, Tampa looks good. They, they scoring a lot of points, but I'm not really sold on that defense. And, you know, to win on the road, you got to play good defense, you know, at any level. That, that's that's crucial going on the road because normally when a team goes on the road, they don't score quite as much. And I think that's going to be the case in this game because I watched, even though Chicago got beat by Indy, I watched Chicago play defense, and, and they, they can cover receivers. I mean, they were glued to that T.Y. Hill, and they have a really good secondary. And that's going to benefit them a lot in this game against Tampa. And I think Foles is going to play a little better this week. I mean, he played hard. He had a horrible game against Indy. But let's not take anything away. Indy's got a great defense. I mean, they're very underrated on defense. And I think that, uh, you know, I think Chicago is going to keep this game real close. I could see this game being a three-point game either way. I don't think that this line opens six. And I initially, when I saw the line open six, I said, there's no way that Tampa's nine points better than Chicago on a neutral field. And that's kind of how I handicap games in the NFL. You know, that line was way inflated from the start. And now I think it's getting close to the right number. I think the right number in the game's three. I, really, I think Tampa should be a three-point favorite. So I, I'm going to take the three and a half in this spot. I mean, I'm not – it's not a game I take up the house on, but I think uh, – Chicago, I'll take the three and a half for Chicago. I think Chicago is the right player. Yeah, I agree. agree. You know, I know Tampa, their defense has holes in it. You can move the ball on them. Everybody that plays so far has moved the ball on them, especially throwing the ball. And you can actually run on them a little bit. And, you know, Brady's being Brady. You know, he's got some – He's you know, they're starting to come together a little bit on offense and they, they're putting some points up. But, you know – Facing a good defense, especially a good pass defense like the Bears, they might run into a little bit of a buzzsaw. And if they can get any kind of pass rush, I think I see Chicago winning this game outright. Let's go. Let's go to Indy at Cleveland. Now this is an interesting game. Indy is a one and a half point favorite at Cleveland. Cleveland's probably the biggest mysterious team in the league right now. Can't figure them out. They look like Super Bowl team, Super Bowl winners one week, and they look like a high school team next week. Indy, you know, obviously Phillip Rivers is helping them. You know, they scoring points. Frank Wright's a great coach. They they, they got a stifling defense. Um, what do you think about this game? I mean, you know, I like Dallas like the rest of the world last week. I thought they'd be, beat Cleveland, but 
You know, Dallas is just so bad. It's just hard to really judge how good Cleveland is because Dallas's defense is amongst the worst I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's bad. And I really don't know what to think about Cleveland. I think they're improved from last year, but I don't think they're three and one. I, I don't see them being a a 12-win team like their record. You know, they're three and one right now. I think they're going to lose some games. And, you know, Indy's got a great defense. And, you know, like I said, defense travels. So I could see Indy turning this Baker Mayfield over two or three times in a game. And if that happens, Cleveland's dead. Because Phillip Rivers ain't isn't what he was. I mean, he never was a great quarterback, but he was above average. But he, he always – he would be inconsistent. One week he would look real good. The next week he'd have, have problems with interceptions. And as long as he don't really turn the ball over here, I think Indy's the play. And I think that's kind of what Frank Reich's doing. He's not trying to win the game, put it all on Phillip Rivers to win the game. He's got a defense. He's running the ball more. And he's a pretty sharp guy. I mean, I, I think Indy's the play in this game. I really do. But – like I said, you know, I'm, I'm still a little confused about Cleveland. I think Stefanski's done a good job. I mean, he's, he's obviously turning the, turning the team around, and he made a great hire. I noticed Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach, and everywhere Bill Callahan goes, the offensive line's good. I mean, he's, he's an expert. He's, he's a, one of the top five offensive line coaches maybe ever in the NFL. He knows what he's doing, and that's good. When you, when you can run the ball, but – Chubb did get hurt in that game, and I think he's out. So that's going to present a little problem, too, against that Indy defense. If they can't run the ball and Baker Mayfield's got to drop back and throw it 40 times, good luck to him. Yeah, I think I think this game comes down to break, breaking, breaking it down section by section here. You have Indianapolis, I think, is obviously the better all-around team. You know, Stefanski's a good young coach, but, you know, he's no Frank Wright. Um, Phillip Rivers, I'm not a Phillip Rivers fan, but you know, he seems to be working within the system, and he seemed to be winning games, and they got a stifling defense. Cleveland has zero defense, and Mayfield, if you give Mayfield some protection, you know, he's, he, he, he's, he can't do too – he don't do too bad. But the problem is, is whenever he gets protection. And I know Callahan's a good offensive line coach. It's going to take time to get that line to play good. And I think they're going to run to a buzzsaw here. I think – I think it's going to be a long day for Baker Mayfield. I think the Colts are going to be in a backfield all game. They definitely won't, will not be able to run the ball. And I think they'll smother Cleveland. I think I'm surprised the public hasn't jumped all over Cleveland already. I was looking I was looking for a flip in this game to bet them Cleveland to favorite. It hasn't happened. But to me, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you want to get right down to it. You look at team to team. The Colts are by far the way better team, and you only lay in one and a half. So, I definitely like Indy in this, in this spot right here. Our last game we'll go over, we'll go over Monday night game, L.A. Chargers at the Saints. Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Chargers. Um, I don't know if Michael – I think Michael Thomas is – have you heard if Michael Thomas is coming back yet or not? I think he is coming back, but I did hear maybe uh, – I think the Saints have got a bye week coming up. So, I think maybe he may try – he may sit him out again, but I think he's ready to go. So, I, I would – I think he's probably 75% going to play in the Yeah, game. from what I saw in this game, I like what I saw in the Saints last week. I think it finally happened. What I was looking for is 
they finally found two up two a couple of other receivers to throw the ball to, which is what Breeze needed. I think he was a little skeptical at first. You know, when you have a guy like Michael Thomas who caught 140 balls last year, getting double teamed about every time. You know, obviously you want you want him to be your go-to guy, but these defenses are not dumb, and these corners are not dumb, and they're gonna they're gonna bracket him, roll coverages his way. They're gonna double him, and this is when your number two and three receivers have to step up. And it's Taquan Smith and Manuel Sanders have stepped up, and they both had a great game last week, especially especially Smith. And I think that bodes well for the Saints in Breeze because if they start favoring, trying to favor Michael Thomas, he knows he has two other outlets to go to. You know, hopefully we'll get Jared Cook back sometime in the future. But I think that was a great stepping stone last week for the Saints offense to find these. Now we have – now Breeze has three receivers to throw to right now. So break down this game for us. I mean, you know, the Saints, that was a big win for them. They had to win that game. They had a ton of injuries, and they still went on a road and won. So that's that's a credit to Sean Payton. I mean, he's class of the league as a head coach. And, you know, I, I think the Saints, they hung seven and a half up on this game. You know, the Chargers on a road two weeks in a row. You know, they made a competitive game with uh, Tampa. But like I said, they were up 14 nothing. They picked six Brady early in the, in the game and, you know, the kid Herbert was sitting back there, you know, without a lot of pressure on him for most of the game because they were ahead. But I think the Saints are going to jump out front and not look back in this game. I mean, I'm not a fan of laying seven and a half, but it's seven and a half for a reason. And um, I think if the Saints get up 14, 17, 21, it's, you know, they they done the Chargers. You can stick a fork in them because I think the kid, you know, he's, he's, he's a rookie. You know, that's a tough environment. I don't know if they're going to let fans in or not, but, you know, the Saints are good at home, and I think they'll uh, definitely, you know, after getting beat by Green Bay at home, you don't ever see them lose two in a row in the dome. So I think uh, the Saints are definitely, definitely a play in the game. But like I said, I kind of shy away from laying seven and a half, but it's seven and a half for a reason. I think you could lay it. Yeah, I like, I like what this kid Herbert's doing. Good young quarterback. He's got toys, sticks in the pocket makes all the throws, doesn't make a lot of bad decisions, which is a good tail sign, you know, for the future of the Chargers. Um, yeah, I mean, they jumped out on – they jumped all over Tampa last week, and they just – their defense just collapsed in the second half. And they just on both sides could do nothing with the ball. What I see in this game is, you know, hopefully the Saints' pass defense will tighten up somewhat. They played good week one, I thought, a little bit of week two, and then they just fell apart again. So, I think I think the Chargers will move the ball. I think they'll put up some points. I think overall it'll come down to adjustments. And you know, I like I think Dennis Allen makes some good adjustments on the defense. The key is going to be, you know, the front four of the Saints getting some pressure on this kid. And I think once they do that, I think it'll force them to make some mistakes, and it'll it'll stifle their offense. And I don't really see the Chargers' defense you know, shutting down the Saints. So, I, you know, I see this game maybe being, you know, 31, 31-20, 31-20, 31-21, 34-21, somewhere in that area. I do like the Saints to cover this game. I think they, um, like I said, finding those receivers last week, especially if they bring uh, Michael Thomas back, I just think it's just too much for the Chargers to handle. Let's get to our picks here. Um, 
going to give out my college pick first, and we'll go to you, Steve. I like two games as college this week. I've been doing pretty good in college. I gave out the last two weeks. I've given out two dogs who have won outright. And I'm going to give out two more this week who could possibly win outright. Um, uh, I'm not going to really elaborate the games too much. I like NC State plus the nine at Virginia. NC State, I think, went up to Pittsburgh last week and flat beat them. Beat their brains. Either that Pittsburgh or BC beat them. And obviously, Arkansas plus the 13 at Auburn. You know, can they beat Auburn? Yeah. You know, I don't know if they will. If, I think if the Auburn that shows up the first two weeks, I think they lose the game. But I definitely think it's absolutely too many points. Auburn should not be laying double digits to anybody. So my two players are NC State plus the nine at Virginia and Arkansas plus the 13 at Auburn. What do you got in college, Steve? Well, my shrimp cocktail this week, it ain't been too good the past couple of weeks. I think I went one and one last week, but we're going to try to – we're going to try to go 2-0 and this week. My top two plays is uh, Houston, minus the six and a half Thursday night. And I like Virginia Tech a lot, plus five. It was five and a half. I think it's down to four and a half now. But um, I could see it going down to three and a half or four by game time. Look, Virginia Tech's loaded. They got ten returners back from last year on defense. That's going to – you know, help them going on the road. I mean, North Carolina's a good team, don't get me wrong, but Mac Brown's old school. He, he's conservative, and like I said, Virginia Tech's loaded, and I think Virginia Tech's got more talent, and this game probably should be around pick them. In my eyes, I think Virginia Tech's an outright winner in this spot, getting five, five and a half. Okay, so Steve the Shirt Man comes with Houston minus the six and a half, and Vitek plus the four and a half. And the NFL this week, I like three games. I definitely like two. I'm going to throw one more in. I, I like Cincinnati plus the 13 and a half or 14, whatever number you get, over Baltimore. I think since he has come along, I think Joe Burrow is playing very, very, very good for his first year. Not making a lot of mistakes. I know since he don't have a lot of the greatest talent in the world, but they're scrappy. And, you know, they would, they would, early in the year, they, yeah, defense was soft. They couldn't stop the run, but I think they've gotten a little better of late. And, you know, Baltimore, like I've always said, you know, if you get a coordinator, you know, that that could scheme to shut down this Lamar Jackson and make him throw the ball, you got a, any, you could, you got a great chance of beating them. KC did it, and I think these coordinators start, should take, start taking a blueprint of what KC did to him. So I like Cincy plus the 13 and a half at Baltimore. Indy, minus one and a half at Cleveland. We already touched on this. I just think it's ter- – t- technically, I think it's a mismatch. I think Indy is far the better team in this game. And you're laying one and a half is technically a pick em. So, you know, Indy by two, 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 two and a half touchdowns. And a little bonus, I do like the Saints Monday night. Good spot for the Saints, especially to get Michael Thomas back. I just think, you know, the class will come to the top on this one. So take Indy plus the 13 and a half at Baltimore. I'm sorry, take Cincy plus the 13 and a half at Baltimore. Indy minus the one and a half at Cleveland. And later seven and a half at home with the Saints against the Chargers. What you got in the NFL this week, Steve? Well, I got one game that I'm really uh, zoomed in on. I, I think, you know, there's a couple other spots that I like, but I have one game that I really, really like a lot in the NFL. And most people are going to ask me if I'm crazy. But uh, I like the Jets this week, plus the seven against Arizona. 
I think Arizona, you know, they started off 2-0. and They look like world beaters. They went, they beat Frisco. And in the last couple weeks, they don't look like the same team. And this is their second game on the East Coast in a row. The Jets are 0-4. I get it. But they are making a quarterback switch. Flacco's starting. And uh, I think he's going to help the offense tremendously because Sam Darnold is, is terrible. And, um, you know, Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator for the Jets. I mean, we, we know he knows what he's doing. I know they got beat by Denver last Thursday night, but they did get an extra two, three days to prepare for this game. I think all of that's going to come into play. And this line, I just – I don't see Arizona as 10 points better than any team in the NFL, you know. So – and that's basically what the odds makers are saying. Yeah, Arizona's 10 points better than the Jets. I don't, I don't think so. I think the Jets are definitely the play in this game, plus the seven. And one other game I like is uh, Thursday night. I like Chicago. We talked about that. I, I like it a lot better at four and a half, which I already got four. I got down at four and a half, but it's now three and a half. I mean, I still like it. If it goes to three, I wouldn't mess with it. But if you get three and a half, I think it's a good, still a good bet. You know, I, I like the Saints Monday night. But I'm going to play them on a the money line just to juice up my parlays. I'm not going to lay the seven and a half with the Saints, but I think they'll definitely win the game. And uh, one other game I like, believe it or not, I like Atlanta to bounce back off of that horrible performance they had. I mean, they look horrible. But I think this is a game here that if uh, Atlanta gets beat at home by Carolina, Dan Quinn can pack his bags. He's done so I think this is – they got a lot on the line. And Carolina's were good the last two weeks. They covered and won out right as a dog two weeks in a row. And now they're a two-point dog. The Lionel's 0-4. They look horrible, but they stay favored. I mean, it's kind of telling. They got an 0-14 favorite over a 2-2 two two team. So, you know, Osmond apparently haven't given up on Atlanta. They still have plenty of talent on offense and – Defensively, I know they have a lot of injuries in the secondary. I hadn't really seen who's coming this week. But I don't think that's going to haunt them so much in Carolina because they're not a team that throws the ball a lot. Who likes to run it? And I think Atlanta can still stop the run a little bit with uh, the Grady Jarrett. I mean, they got a pretty good defensive line. So I think Atlanta bounces back and wins this game this week. And that's pretty much all I have in the NFL. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, like I said, when I heard – Talked to Steve early in the week, and he liked the Jets. I thought he was insane, too. But one thing I want to share with everybody is your team goes as your quarterback goes. And I, like I said, when he said he liked the Jets, I thought he was insane with Sam Donald. But Joe Flacco is a vastly it's – va- it's a vast improvement, which gives them actually a chance to win the game. But the, the key with Flacco is you have to protect him. I'm not too – up to date on how good the Jets' offensive line is, but if they can protect Flacco, they can. They they, they probably will win the game because you know Flacco can make all the throws, and you know they're not, they're not going to try to overdo it too much. And you know, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, you can force Kyler Murray. You get any kind of defensive pressure on him, you can force him to make some mistakes. So, you know, with Flacco quarterback and Jets do have a chance. So, well, this has been the show for this week. I want to stick. Thanks, Steve, the shrimp man, my sidekick again. And guys, get out there. And like I said, all y'all out there in the world listening, if you ever come to Vegas, you want to watch your 
all your sporting events and football at the Mirage Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in Las Vegas, the best laid out book around here. The staff is friendly. The management's friendly. The TVs are great. The drinks are great. So come out to the Mirage and enjoy yourself. So this is the show for this week. And I just want to say 